0: Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tony. It's great to be here with you. Absolutely. Let's get, let's go and get this kicked off. So let's start it off with a one word open. What's the one word you can use right now to describe how you're feeling in this moment?
1: Super, super motivated, uh, excited about uh, what's ahead of us. Very cool. Very cool.
0: With that said, if you could take the next few minutes, Daniel, tell us about your business, what it's all about and how you got started in your
1: business. Sure. So, just a quick, quick uh, background. Some I originally originated from South Africa, grew up there, and uh, moved to Israel uh, at the age of eighteen. And I very quickly got into the uh, renewable energy uh, industry and developed renewable energy projects when it was just getting started. Industry was, you know, right at the beginning, seventeen years ago. Um, So, it was kind of a little ahead of of its time, Uh, but fortunately, I built a business uh, that developed projects uh, in South Africa and here in Israel and uh, later on in the States, and um, I I I felt the pain of developing renewable energy projects. Um, You know, it's a very complicated process, very expensive and difficult process. Anyone who's done it will, will, will smile, you know, it's a common problem. So, when I identified this problem, I had built my business to, to the level where I could sell it, and I, it was time for me to move on. Um, so I, I sold that business about four years ago and decided to focus on this problem and realizing that data science and automation would solve the problem uh, with the whole wave of uh, machine learning and automation. So, you know, put together a team of experts in that domain. And what we do is we enable um, renewable energy project developers to very quickly and low cost develop those projects with a lot of complexity. So we're not talking about the simple solar projects. We're talking about uh, large-scale microgrid systems, which uh, you know, have to operate 24-7, 365, have to understand multiple production systems and consumers, very complicated systems. And, Recently, we've pivoted to electric vehicle charging, so uh, we can talk a little bit more about that. But that's in a nutshell what we do. Awesome!
0: Can't wait to dive into that more a little bit here in a second. So, with that said, let's talk about the pandemic. How did you, you know, when you ran across um, some challenges due to the pandemic with your growth and just business overall? Tell us how you pivoted
1: out of out of out of that. Yeah, it's it's a great question. It's been a, definitely a tough two, two two and a half years. Um, we're moving into it. We were kind of ramping up our initial client base and things were looking exciting. We were working with a, a shopping mall operator, the largest uh, ones here in Israel, and uh, they have a portfolio in Europe and US. And obviously, shopping malls shut down, so we were really in trouble. Um, we had to re- you know, review. We went back to the investment community, and fortunately. My relationships uh, produced a contract um, in the residential space where we were able to you know, fund the business and develop a, a, a solution specifically for the needs of a particular community down south in Israel. Um, so it was it was really about focusing the customer and saying, you know, I think you know technology is all nice, but at the end of the day, do you have a customer who's needs your product, who needs what you're offering. And I just, you know, relentlessly reached out to my network and was fortunate enough to find those customers who have a problem that we can solve. Um, and I think that's what got us through at the end of the day. I mean, a lot of I can tell you, you know, ups and downs and all the issues about how we're able to f- fundraise and all of that. But bottom line is, you know, my North Star is are you focused religiously on customer problems, and they have to be big, painful problems. Uh, you know, have to be deep, big, painful problems. And I think, bottom line, that's what got us through COVID. And fortunately, that's what's getting us to, uh, you know, the future success, where we're out now closing a, a round of funding, and we've got a really exciting pipeline of projects, and a, a huge waiting list of, of opportunities. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of it. That's really awesome. Tell
0: us about a recent win that you put on the board for Q1. What's something that you're really proud of that you want to share with me that you say, hey, this is a really cool thing that we did in our company in Q1. What was that? What did it look like? And what was the result?
1: Well, you know, we, we got accepted at the end of last year to a program called Drive TLV, which is uh, in the automotive industry. And they've, they've kind of pulled, pulled us into electric vehicle charging infrastructure because they have capacity problems supporting the EV charging. And, um, and, and they, they brought us in front of companies like Volvo and Honda, their partners, and we're now working with them, with these companies, and we've also just recently received a, a significant fundraise. So, yeah, that's exciting. We've got customers. We've got funding to develop the business further. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's super exciting. We have to build the team. Uh, a, lot, a lot of growth ahead of us. Awesome.
0: Tell me your point of view on thought. Talk- you know, thought leadership. So, you know, who do you think that's, you know, what makes someone a great thought leader in your opinion?
1: Well, I think, I think someone who, who firstly thinks deeply about some, some particular problem uh, or, you know, and, and, you know, in that specific domain. So, are they deep thinkers? Um, are they learning? Are they, are they learning? Are they listening? Uh, you know, in, not just generally listening, I'm talking about deep listening. Um, and then are they able to articulate a point of view that is slightly different to perhaps what is the norm? Um, so they need to come with an alternative or a different view, which hasn't been necessarily heard before. Um, and it needs to be a sort of a, more of an educational type of approach, not a sales approach or a commercial approach. They really need to be educators at the core. And yeah, that's my view on, on thought leadership
0: that's really great what about company culture can you expand on that as well from your point of view
1: yeah I mean it's, it's a really good one especially as a small company you, you kind of you know you got to get it right because uh, you know uh, you know cu- cu- culture is at the core People, you, know, you will not be able to ca- attract customers and employees without them getting it right so I, I think uh, there again the mission you know niche, mission needs to be really unique um, it needs to be true to who you are as a person. And, uh, you, you know, you need to focus on that culture. And if someone, you know, a, 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 yeah, it, it just needs to be a, a, a human culture. You know, I don't think you know, there's anything different between the culture you have in your home versus the culture you have in your business. You know, how, who, who are you and how do you operate as a person? What culture would you be comfortable with at home? what kind of behavior you would uh, appreciate and encourage at home with your children and with your friends and family and I think that needs to to be then reflected in the in, in the in the company and, and hopefully it's it's unique enough and compelling enough um, because that's gonna that's what's gonna draw draw people to you you know um, yeah. customers investors employees,
0: Great, right. let's shift back over to your company. So what, com- what challenges would I be facing and that would make sense for me to reach out to you? Like what problems am I having that, that would make sense for me to check you out and find out more information?
1: So, so the, we are focused on um, fleet, uh, fleet managers who now have a tremendous challenge to switch from uh, internal combustion engines based on fossil fuel. And they're being pushed by investors and regulators and customers to move to electric vehicles, essentially, which is carbon free. And uh, and also is going to present a tremendous amount of economic benefits. So they don't know anything about how that's going to happen. um, And they don't have the capacity to deal with all of these issues. What we do is we provide a simple, easy to understand uh, data platform that really simplifies the, the analytics problem of understanding what the demand is going to be for your fleet Where's the, the supply of your clean electrons are going to come from, uh, and how you're going to provide that capacity when you need it at the time that you need? You know, the price is also you have to be uh, economically viable. Um, so if you're a, if you're a corporate and you want to switch your fleet to clean uh, electric vehicles, that's that's you know you should be talking to BrightMudge.
0: Perfect. And give us your website address, the social handles, in case we have this challenge or someone listening who has this challenge, they'll know how to
1: find you. Sure. So it's uh, www.brightmerge.com. B-R-I-G-H-T-M-E-R-G-E.com.
0: Perfect. Here we are at the end. Can you sign us off with a one word close, Daniel, and tell us you know, why you're choosing to sign off with this one word?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, I'll go for uh, optimism. I think that uh, in the troubling times that we have, you know, the war that still rages on between Russia and Ukraine, and the high inflation and all that—I think you know—we we really, we really need to remember that there's a lot to be thankful for, and so optimism would be my my word.
0: I appreciate the talk. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks so much, Tony.